Hello and welcome back to this week's Bees with Engineers podcast. This is a very special episode following the IPCC report. Uh, James and myself got pretty mad and this is an opportunity for us to vent as well as list uh, a couple of ways that you can help tackle and fight climate change. So sit back, grab a beer and enjoy. Cheers. Hello and welcome back to this week's Beers with Engineers podcast. I am your uh, co-host Sean and I'm joined by my friends uh, James and Patty, also co-host. How are you doing today? Piss. I'm drinking a fucking, what are you drinking, mate? Drinking a fucking seltzer. Like, that's how I just... Oh, Patty got it right. Fucking, you know, well, it... it, it and I just needed a drink, but anyway... We'll I'm good, but you know what? That seltzer, it suits you, bro. Clearly, uh, you're going to the gym a lot. You know, you got to keep the low carbs. Good day so far, but uh, just for a bit of context, uh, they're all, uh, Sean's uh, scowling at me, very pissed off. Uh, imagine a uh, kettle with... Uh, uh, a, a kettle boiling because he's about to reach his breaking point. No, I'm not scaling at you. I'm just thinking about um, bad policy and climate change, which is uh, a segue to today's topic. And I have no spoke- idea what this is, and I don't know what we're talking about. So let's crack a beer and find out together. Yep, agreed. Let's crack the beers, boys. One, two, three. Oh, it's we've needed this beer. Hold on one sec. Okay. All right, let's begin. Um, so, as Patty has alluded to initially, both James and I are pretty upset at the moment. Um, being part of the engineering field, we are looking at um, a new report done by the IPCC. And so, I'll, I'll give a bit of a backstory to who the IPCC is and why this report is quite important. Um, IPCC is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. It's one of the arms of the United Nations and has 195 members and countries that come together and are part of the IPCC. So pretty much it's a global community because climate change is a global issue. So we need a global response. And this is what this company does, or sorry, not company, entity does. They provide information and give it out to the entire world for free. All of it's voluntary as a way for policy to say, okay, here's how the world is looking. Here's how bad things are going to get. Here's how things can be better. So the some of the big things that came out of this is the measure of temperature change, right? You've probably heard of 1.5 degree global warming patty or 2 degree global warming pattern. Uh, like mm-hmm. the, That's pretty common stuff. And um, that really came out from the last report in 2014, um, which led to the Paris Agreement, where every country gave their own different targets to reduce emissions. And this is the one following it in 2021. There are a few different groups. The first group, which is the report that just came out, um, looks at where climate's going. And just just climate, not even the impacts of it yet, but just where it's going. Um, and, and to give a bit more explanation to how big this report is, right? So it has 234 authors, 234 primary authors. Imagine trying to write a book with 234 people trying to add things to it. Like, that's, that's be, amazing there, in itself. There'd be too many storylines. Absolutely. Ridiculous. Yeah, like, you would see narratives go all over the place, set up stories that just fall away. But this is, but the best part is it's nonfiction. It's just truth. They're uh-huh. just 234 people telling truth. So it's, it's pretty simple. It's, you stay within the rules. Okay, 
After they released their first report, they gave it out to both other experts who were allowed to make comments on it and to government, government officials. 78,000 comments on things to change, update or, or amend because some of the experts disagreed on certain things, governments didn't like the wording, like little things, right? Guess how many citations, James, how many citations did you have, your, how many references did you have on your thesis work? 130. This has 14,000 references and citations for one report. Like that, that blows your mind, right? How many times you need a link. Imagine the bibliography on this thing. It's a chunky boy. The bibliography <laughs> will be a book. Yeah. And there's, and there's no money in this. They didn't do it because there's money. They don't make money. Climate scientists don't make money out of this shit. They're doing it for, out of their free time. They do it like after dinner and shit. Completely for free. It's just information. That's all they do. And people will still say, ah, but I, I saw an article on Google that says otherwise when I was on the toilet. So therefore, I think I've spotted it. It, it just... We're not going to have that discussion if climate change real or not. It is... This is just the latest findings from it. So, for those who understand, this this report has been pretty damning, and I'll let James explain some of the summary points out of this report. Mm. Surprise, surprise. Oh, wait, serious? Point four to, to what two point to how many, sorry?
Okay, okay. I'm going to... I'm sorry, but I want to have to cut you off because if this is going to be the way it's going to... We keep saying... You said uh, 1.4, 1.5. It's gone up. But what was before? What is the good level of carbon dioxide? And also... Like you keep saying the what was the other measurement two point something, watts per meters. But what does that mean? Like the watts per. Se- mm. Yeah, I mean the. To answer one of the other questions as well, that was the correct answer, James. But um, in terms of what is the best carbon dioxide level? No, I you know what's what's the good like because you, you said that carbon dioxide level has a, has uh, doubled, no, hasn't doubled. It's um, it's gone up one point four percent, one point five percent. No, no. So that's no, the what? global temperature. Yeah. So what it's saying is ah. we've met, been able to measure the temperature in the 1910, 1920, 1930, every single year till now. We're 1.4 degrees on average across the entire world higher than what we should be, and that is causing a lot of effects that we're now seeing what quite is, drastically. What is the uh, what is the level that we should be at? Zero. We should not be at any difference of temperature. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain quickly what the difference between is between medium, high, and very high confidence, James? Like, what is the simplest way to explain that? to someone who doesn't know scientific confidence levels. Do you guys want to hear some? Um, do you want to guys hear some confidence uh, summary reports from out of this one, just for Australia as well? Um, sure. Okay, so these are things like James said. Good chance of happening, right? So medium confidence. Um, heavy rainfall and rivers flooding over, destroying farmland. Medium confidence. Um, the sandstorms and dust storms are now going to become a current thing in Australia. 
medium confidence. Um, snow cover and depth will decrease. High confidence. Extreme heat, cold extremes decreasing and will continue to increase in severity. High confidence. Uh, what's the other one here? Sea level rising um, above the previous record. Coastal flooding, shoreline retreat. High confidence. Um, the intensity, frequency and duration of fire and weather events are projected to increase through Australia. High confidence. Um, our temperatures will increase well beyond 1.5 degrees. Very high confidence. Th this is like 90 to 95% shit that's going to happen if we don't change now. That's terrifying. What is it? I've got another one to add, um, right? So we, we all surf now. We're all expert surfers, and we, we might uh, represent Brisbane at the Olympics because of how good we are. Obviously, call me Kelly Slater. Obviously, yeah. We've started six months ago. We're experts. Cast down on a board, but call me Kelly. Guess what, on average, Australia will lose in shoreline by 2100? All of it. Um, on average, two, um, 150 to 200 metres. And so you go, oh, 150 metres coming in on average is that width or length that's length it's not it's not sorry like inland so like australia just shrinks as a whole so like you think oh 200 meters that's not too bad just build your house 200 meters back how many houses do you think are built right near the water pretty much all of them in mm -hmm. sydney yeah yeah sydney sydney harbor <clears throat> has a, a gap of about a meter 2,100 levels be higher. Sydney's underwater. City of Sydney is underwater at current pace. Like, like imagine the cost to deconstruct the Sydney, um, the Opera House, build three more layers, three more meters layers, then rebuild it. What's cheaper, carbon a carbon tax or to move every single person's house up by three meters along the coastline? On average, most of Northern Territory, that ocean beach, gone. Reefs are gone. Fish along the, the shoreline gone. Islands in the Pacific, entire nations disappeared. We will lose nations at current pace. No, well, I, you, you say that. Like, they're, like one of the smallest countries in the Pacific, uh, uh, Tel Aviv or Tel Aviv. Like, mm. they have, they've got a short, like, it's a long country, but the, the length, no, sorry, the length of it is about, you know, 20 meters. And like, the, mm. at, at, at most, about a kilometer kilometer wide gone. yeah it's I gonna mean, that's it's that's gone. a very extreme example i'm thinking like fiji and stuff where because they're close to the equator 
it's, it's even affecting more. Hmm. But if you talk to any political leader in these island nations, their biggest concern right now is climate change, which, of course, Scott Morrison laughs at. Um, and so, like, we, we don't want to be in this, this podcast saying it's the end of the world. What we're seeing as engineers is a group of people, the people of our, our caliber, our, our material, come together, put together the report under great stress and international um, ideas to try and solve an issue, and people saying, or governments realistically, ignoring it. And only, only a few governments are now doing it. Most governments are pretty much on board for it, but there are a few. I'm not going to name any. <coughs> Australia. But um, what I would like did to... Did you just now, say Australia? No, no, I definitely did not. Okay, I definitely so said cool. something else. Or, yeah, also, yeah. the country before but that's, that's small, uh, that was like, that will be underwater. It's called uh, Tuvalu. Sorry, I said oh, Tel Aviv. Right. I said, I realized, wait, I just said the Israel capital. Yeah, Te- I, I, Tel Aviv. I was, was going like, to be like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's near Israel. I don't think that's it. But uh, we'll work on geography for next podcast, exactly. shall we? Um, but yeah, so like, <laughs> it, it's, it's annoying to see that engineers, scientists, mathematicians coming together, policy writers come together and get shunned by governments. And this is why James and I are quite furious, because even in times when it's very basic facts, it's spin and marketing and smirking. So, instead of talking about doomsday, let's talk about things that, as individuals, we can do. And so the rest of the podcast is no longer talking about climate change. It's about things that we can do which both make sense for us and for the environment which ideally is what we want. If we want to have kids, if we want to be able to buy a house and it not be sunk, um, this is what we need to do. And so I'm on, honestly, oh my God, yeah, the, the amount of farmland that's going to be destroyed unless we change this. Like, come on, let's protect the rural Australia. I mean, to be fair with this uh, in incoming uh, water flow, if anything, there'll be a next stage of our evolution where we'll, fish went onto land. Now we will go back to the, we'll become fish. It's just like, would you rather stop driving a car or be forced to become a fish for the rest of your life? I don't know. This is a bit of a tough choice for me. Is this like a mermaid, a merman situation? It's a mermaid's tail. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, what will happen is if this goes to pace, if nothing changes, right? This will be like the other, what, five or six extinction events that occurred on planet Earth. Generally speaking, those occurred over like a million years. This is just occurring in 50. So that's how quickly climate change is happening. Um, We'll all die out. We'll either burn ourselves out, nuclear fire, kill each other, or just the temperature gets so hot that we have to live underground. Until the point that we realize that we need to reevaluate, um, live within constraints, and then be fine. But that will happen over like five, six thousand years. Um, ideally, we don't need to do that. Let's just live in a within the constraints that we know are already there. Um, so, here are things that we as individuals can do. Um, and so, James and I are just going to go back and forth and list a few ideas. Patty, feel free to jump in. Um, about ways to try and help climate change. And these are things that I've kind of ranked in terms of how easy they are and effective versus, and then later down the track, they're a bit harder, harder, but they're still quite effective. Okay. The first one that I would recommend for people trying to look at helping climate change is one, swap your bank. 
It seems like such a weird thing, right? Boys, name to me four banks. Just name four banks in Australia. Commonwealth Bank, Westpac, yep. ANZ. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say anymore because I work for a bank. So yeah, I wanna, well, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna no, you don't work one. for an Australian bank. So the, the you you name three out of the big four. The last big four is NAB, right? NAB. So those are the big four banks. They hold most of the capital of Australia. They hold most of the money in Australia. In the last five years, they've put thirty-five billion dollars towards fossil fuels, right? So if Patty, James, and I here just say, you know what, we're not going to put our money into this bank. We're going to move this money into a bank that has definitely declared that it is not going to do that kind of stuff, right? Now imagine, instead of just being three of us, that's a million Australians that just switched bank accounts. You're looking at billions of dollars dry up from these companies. And companies are going to do two things. These, these banks will do two things. They go, oh fuck, we've just lost two billion dollars. Let's stop investing in these companies. Or they'll just lose the money and not be able to invest it either way. And so what? the other banks that do invest will be good. What banks should we invest in? Great question. So, um, there is a website called Market Forces, marketforces.org.au. And this is an Australian website where all it does is it looks at different banks and financial institutions and sees how much money they invest in coal or into ethical things. And so, this is where I got that information from, Market Forces. So, only 12 out of 120 Australian banks invest in fossil fuels. Only 12. But they hold almost like 100% of the capital. They hold like 98% of Australian capital. So if you literally just switch your bank to one of the other banks on that list, which is an Australian-owned bank and protected, um, the same way as the big four are, you've literally just moved money out of fossil fuels into something else. Your life doesn't change. You live the exact same life. You get the exact same loan. You do whatever you want. You just literally moved money out. Because if you put $50,000 into a bank, they don't just hide that in a vault for someone to steal it. They take that money, invest it somewhere else. It doesn't, doesn't exist. Like, it just goes. It goes somewhere else. There's no money there. But if you just say, I want to move my money from that bank to another bank, they notice that shit. They really don't like you doing that because that means they can't invest as much. They can't make more profit and give it to their investors. Just switching banks, massive change. And that's the same thing for super. Super is a lot less... Uh, Careful, because a lot of their investment is already in fossil fuel. So only new um, superannuations do change it. But again, market forces lists every single one and shows how much they've invested in different um, technology, coal, gas, um, ethical, different um, situations. So it's like, it's very easy. It doesn't change your life at all. If you switch banks, if you switch super, it doesn't change your life at all. But it means that they can't bet your money on gas plants. They can't bet your money on coal. Fucking easy. And that's what I've, I've done. I've swapped all my banks across. Because fuck them. <laughs> I think... No, I think it's fine. If you think about the, the difference between interest rates, like have you checked all 120 banks' interest rates for the same loan? Like I'm sure people don't. They just look at the big four and go for them. If it takes a little bit more time to research, oh, so be it. But I'm sure you're going to get the exact same rate at a different, more ethical bank down the road. And, and they're I, all still Australian-owned. 
And I assume because a lot of these, I, I'm just, I, I found the list that you were you're referring to. And market forces, right? Yeah. Market forces. I want to compare bank tables, and it's the second. Is there's three columns? There's bank funding, fossil fuels, and subsidies. Banks with no record, and then all banks. I'm yep. in the middle one with just like no record since 2016. Very big list. It's definitely more than 12, but I guess the ones we've heard of, there probably be maybe max 10, 12 that we've heard yeah. of once or twice, and. What was I going with this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was explaining too much. But, uh, okay, back to the point. I reckon because a lot of these banks aren't really known, they probably offer better interest. Damn. But, yeah, that was my first one in terms of how to help climate change. Swap your banks and super today. It's very easy. But, yeah, James, what's your, what's your idea to, to deal with climate change? Yeah. And like, like it doesn't actually have to be that extreme. Yeah, of course, like going full vegan or vegetarian is definitely the best option. But if you still like meat like me, I'm not going to go full, full vegetarian or vegan. I am reducing the amount of meat I consume. I only have beef once a week now. But one kilo of beef creates 100 kilograms of CO2. One kilo of beef, 100 kilograms of CO2. Straight up. Chicken, 10 kilograms of CO2. If you don't want to go vegan or vegetarian, that's fine. Just eat less beef. Just switch to chicken. That's an easy one. That's 10 times better than what you're currently doing with eating nothing but beef or pork. Just, just switch to chicken. It's very simple. Stay veg meaty, sure. Try to eat less meat. Yeah, but just take out, take out beef a little bit. Reduce that by half. How much emissions you save? Easy. No, be true to yourself. Yeah. No, there'll, there'll be a, there'll be another definition for it. Be like vegetarian, like the like carnivore, omnivore, um, vegetarian, vegan. It's just like I'm 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 for the environment. Yeah, environmentalist. Environment. <laughs> I'm environmentalist. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that is no. <laughs> vegetarian vegan central. 
I mean, yeah. But I think that the human diet has progressed to a lot of beef and chicken, which we don't need anymore. We don't need to have... Uh, our bodies don't need that much protein in the diet. And if you do, fine, you can source it other ways. And usually they're cheaper. Mm, Vegetables that's what protein are protein powder's for. Honestly, and that's all made of whey. Like, it's... It's it's not that difficult. Like it's what is whey? That's a uh, grain, isn't it? Ah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, cheese, bro. Well, uh, well, I, I can switch to the, the next um, thing that can help uh, climate change, and this one's actually quite interesting. I, I like these kind of technologies. Um, they're called. I I've kind of grouped them together. But I, I need to find a better name for them. I call them high capex, low opex. And so it's technology which, one, costs a lot to buy. But once you have it, it's really cheap to run. Once it's cheap to run, it's fine. You don't see it. The grid doesn't see it. The energy usage is really low. And so I'm going to name a few of them. So electric vehicles is one, right? Uh, like you think electric vehicles, oh man, they're so fucking expensive. Of course you bring up a Tesla. Of course I do. How much do you, okay, what, uh, like a Tesla, what do you compare a Tesla to in terms of a normal car? Like compare it to a normal car, give me a brand or a make or something. I don't think of a Tesla as a car. I think it as that, uh, that Paul, like, <laughs> you, you know that movie, Paul Blart Moor Cop? I think it's yeah. that Segway that he drives. <laughs> okay, okay, if... If that Segway can do the, gr- the acceleration of gravity in a horizontal uh, like direction, then yeah, I would agree with you, but it can't. So I, I would say it's different. I, I reckon it's, it's agree a different to disagree. Come on, man. Zero to 103 seconds. That's pretty fast. Name a Segway that can do that. <laughs> Segway going down, a, going down a steep hill. You could, you could throw anyone off a steep hill and do that. <laughs> You're talking to name a Segway that does that. I did it. Okay, fine. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, like fair I think enough, it's good. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, that that's one of the. I, I wanted to name some more technologies, but I'll quickly touch on um, uh, EV. So yeah, you're right. You have to charge your electric vehicle, and so you're you're charging your electric vehicle, and electric vehicles like your Teslas and whatnot are between 75 and 100 kilowatt hours, which sounds like a lot, right? That's about what a house uses in five days per tank. But to fill up from the grid, $7. And the grid, if depending on the time you charge, is often like 20, 50, and sometimes 100% renewable. See, you're avoiding it altogether. If you assumed, if you assumed, right, it's purely, let's, let's just do the calculation now, okay? Let's assume you've got a big Tesla, 100 kilowatt hours. 100 kilowatt hours, and you've charged it entirely with coal, which means it's using about 1.1 tons of CO2 per um, 1.1 tons of CO2 per megawatt hour. So that's divided by 1,000 times by 1.1. So you're looking at 110 kilo, 10 kilograms, and then you look at a normal ice vehicle which pushes 145 grams of CO2 per kilometer times by 600. You're looking at one-eighth the pollution for an electric vehicle charged with purely coal gas, coal, versus a car that just uses petrol. 
So it's one eighth. Even if it's then that's the worst, right? If you charge with soul, it's zero. So it's a million times better. But the point being is a Tesla Model Three, right, comes in at seventy-five grand. Seventy-five grand. That sounds like a lot, but comparable to a to a BMW Model Three, which is one hundred eighty grand. So you're getting a lot more value for car for one. But because you're filling up for $7 a week, the brakes don't wear out because you use inductive braking. It's like there's a lot less moving parts. After four years, it costs the same as a fucking Camry. There's no maintenance costs. There's no operation costs. It's cheaper to own a Tesla 3 after five or six years than an upgraded Camry. Like, it doesn't, and that's, that's not even including, like, climate change benefits. It's just cheaper. So high CapEx, low OpEx. So that's one. The other one, solar panels, right? A lot of people don't believe in climate change, but still get solar panels. Why? Because it makes fucking money. It saves you money. You talk about the bottom dollar, people move, right? You talk about climate change, you talk about saving the kids, like, oh, that's, that's, that's nice, I might give $5 a year. You talk about saving money, they fucking jump on that shit. Solar panels. The other one, heat pumps, right? Like two, three grand to install. After four years, no, I think it's after one year they're cheaper than a storage tank, which is one-tenth the price. Like, it, these things cost a lot. Yeah, I get that. And when you're buying this shit, you're like, oh, no, nah, i just get whatever's cheap, doesn't matter. Buying that stuff saves you so much money. Don't even think about climate change. It saves you money, right? Buy electric vehicles, buy heat pumps, buy solar panels. You will be running on nothing by the end of it. Uh, nah, don't, don't buy the batteries yet. Uh, sorry, I don't want to give wrong economic advice. Don't buy that shit yet. But buy the other stuff. Yeah, it costs heaps, but... All right, that's James's specialty. But yeah, this is this kind of technology. Yeah, it costs a bit to start. Long term, you're making bank, man. Four years' time, you, you'll thank yourself. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my tech, technology one. James, what's your next one? Jesus.
No, but please explain it to me. What bugs? No, definitely good. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do. I'll jump into the next one. This one's kind of. This one's more open ended, um, and the reason it's not as effective or not as easy to do is because it takes. You can only do it every four years, and this one's pretty important. Change the vote. Change vote for people that believe in climate change. That believe in science, right? Just both federal, state, local doesn't matter. Push the what you think is important forward. And sure, you might not believe in climate change. That's fine. But I still want every single person who listens to this to vote for what they... or to have an interest in politics and to show that what they're interested in. The whole idea behind democracy is we all compete. We all contribute. We all shape Australia's future. Right now, Australia-wide, we're seeing almost everyone believe in climate change, right? It's, it's not uh, or if or does it happen. It's when will it happen, right? Everyone ex seems to agree and push, with the exception of a few political leaders, which I will uh, not name for, because uh, I don't want to get that political, but I, I might. Um, you but, call, call, call him a nickname. Call him yeah. a nickname. So it's like we call Scumbo. <laughs> I mean, I was I was I was going to say a nickname, not as obvious. I was going to uh -oh. be like more like, um, what about the the M Dog, the smirking assassin. <laughs> the, but uh, yeah, this call, call him Hillsong. Yeah, Hillsong. Yeah, <laughs> the guy from marketing. <laughs> Firstly, it's every three years. No, it's every three. It's every we do it three years. It's four years for Americans. That's why we always get confused. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, look, I'm, there's a lot of people that are going to disagree with my opinions, and that's fine. But I just want every single Australian to to have a voice, to say what they want to say in politics. A lot of the time, people believe in climate change. So the fact that we're not seeing a lot of leadership at the top end is because they're not voted in that way. We it just If we all just have a bit more interest in politics, we have a bit more interest in shaping. It's the foundation of this, this country. And it's one of the rights that we've been given that a lot of people don't have. We should use it. And so, yeah, maybe this is not a climate change thing. Maybe this is kind of getting off tangent. But I reckon everyone has a responsibility, not a right, but a responsibility to be involved in politics, both local, state, and federal, at all times. I, th I think they, they, sh they need to be updated. But yeah, that's that's my one on climate change. Fucking vote. <laughs> Anyways, back to you, James. Oh, true. Oh, dude, one hundred percent growing on crops. It's therapeutic. <laughs> have some lemons, please. <laughs> Mr. Prezioso, no. Have some lemons. <laughs> that's, that's, what are you, you're Russian, bro. <laughs> oh, great, great to tell. Yeah. Honestly. And, like, you think about it, right? It seems crazy to, one, have a farm. So, for example, this is a big one, which I, I think is kind of interesting. So, Almost every single tomato that you get from Coles is grown in one location, Port Augusta, South Australia. Because even though Port Augusta is a desert, it's the world's, like one of the world's only um, off-grid hydroponic sites that uses desalination with solar thermal, which is a big mouthful. I'll give you that. But it literally has a big tower, all these mirrors pointed towards it. They pump salt water into it, steams it up, desalinates it, makes water in the middle of a desert just from pumping it from the ocean to this site. And then all the tomatoes are shipped around Australia. And that's fine. We're very used to getting tomatoes from the store. I thought that was kind of cool. But think about it, right? If you're in Northern Territory, you're getting your tomatoes from South Australia. They're growing them, making them fresh as, and then transporting them as fast as they can to get to Northern Territory. 
ones if you just grew the tomatoes in Northern Territory. The best part of plants is you can make a thousand or one of them just from just sizing up a small and bigger small. Like you just grow it in your backyard. You um, avoid all these emissions from moving shit around. And eventually, a lot of these places... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And one, you, you can use a lot less energy. Um, but a lot of these farmlands that we currently eat food from will not be habitable. You cannot grow things in them. We're going to be forced down this path anyway. So one of the reasons I did do the hydroponics videos because eventually I want to have a hydroponics room where I can live off the food that I grow from half, like 50% of the time, where I don't need to go to the shops, where I don't need to buy fruit that's traveled halfway around Australia. That's what I want. And it's, uh, I reckon it's a pretty good dream to have. And I think it's really not hard. I don't know how to do hydroponics, but I've got five strawberries that I ate in a smoothie one time to prove otherwise. Anyways, that's, uh, I'm agreeing on your point. I don't want to give the wrong statistic, but this is um, back when they were talking about the gas-led recovery, right? They said every million dollars you put in gas creates 14 jobs. Every million dollars you put in renewables creates 75 jobs. And the thing is, it's not about you're losing one job in one area. It's pivoting the jobs into move other things. Okay, I don't like mining. That's wrong. That's not what I'm trying to say. I don't like coal mining. We still need copper. We still need iron. And there's ways to absorb the carbon that comes out because they were essential. Switch coal mining for lithium mining. Australia is one of the largest deposits of lithium in the world. Move those miners to lithium. Not only is it valuable, we can create an entire battery industry in Australia. We could actually have manufacturing back in Australia where all the car manufacturers fucked off. We can bring those back. And then electric vehicles take off. We could own that. We could be the market for lithium. And so while people say, oh, you're taking this job or that job, no, we're trying to create new jobs. The world will change regardless, right? You're either going to try and slow it down or you're just going to get rolled over by it. You can't stop change from happening. Eventually, everything's going to roll forward. So you're just trying to figure out a way to fit everyone in the right way. And yeah, there's a really good point here that, yeah, there's people's jobs on the line here, but... If we don't do it now, something else is going to do it for us. And so I reckon we can we could do it adequately. We can do it safe. We can make sure everyone's caught by the net. But yeah, anyways. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, okay, so the next one I was going to say is kind of, kind of uh, boring. Just change electricity providers. Um, that one's pretty simple. Just look at companies that have uh, green credits like PowerShop or Ambo or stuff like that. Or if you are a normal gas uh, energy user, just check the box, make sure that you've got a portfolio green. But I've got um, another idea, okay? Now, okay, stick with me. <laughs> Eat the rich. <laughs> Eat the rich. And so what I'm saying is Eat the Rich was a bit of a, a, a weird joke that went around of saying, like, let's... Bring back the guillotine. Let's kill the uh, um, the monarchs and whatnot. And I'm not actually saying eat rich people. I'm just saying that we don't actually need billionaires. There are about, what, 50, 60 billionaires in the world which own, what, 90% of the whole wealth. 
we don't need that. That's not beneficial for society. Hoarding wealth outside of the the whole community is not okay. And this is why we're seeing like people dying in COVID the same time there's a space race between billionaires. Like there there are some things that are beneficial. This is not one of them. Effectively, I'm just saying is we don't need as much rich people. There's a big divide between the poor and the rich. We need to close that gap. If there has to be eating, so be it. I reckon we just do it through higher tax rates. But um, everyone's got a solution. Everything's a hammer if you hit it. Everything's a nail if you um, bang it hard enough with a hammer. So. Abs- sorry, what? <laughs> no? No. I mean, we're all in a capitalism. We're all in a capitalist society. There's this very difficult ways to change that. The problem is with capitalism is that individuals seeking their own personal benefit was designed to try and get everyone better. We're now seeing is poorer are getting poorer, richer getting richer. I'm saying let's close like that. I'm still I'm still on board for the system. It's this system we've got in the system we're used to. Keep it. We just don't need 50, 50 people holding 90% of the world's capital. We don't need that. That's what I want to get rid of. Nothing mm. about socialism. I mean, that being said, Australia does have the world's second best healthcare in the world because we've got a publicly funded system. But, I mean, yeah. it's not. We're not a socialist. No, absolutely not. Mm. No. Isn't there like a statistic out there that says that Jeffrey, with Jeffrey Bezos' wealth, he could literally give a billion dollars to every single person in the world? I assume that's a bad thing. Um, shit. Yeah, no, he can't give a billion dollars to each person. That's that's a bit much. What is that? But, it, but he could. I mean, no, no one could. The, mo- the moment he gives out a billion, the, the amount of wealth drops. It's exponential drop. Because it's not actual money. It's just um, it's his worth. He owns stocks, which are valued at this height. If he sells those stocks, those, uh, the stocks lose value. And then it just like reaches a new equilibrium. Look, um, I, I, but... I'm, I'm all in favour of this uh, uh, no longer wealthy people. I'm not a fan of this uh, eating them business. I, uh, I think that's borderline. Uh, I th- I th- it's a bit wrong, and uh, I don't. I, I'm, I don't want to have a. Uh, why would I want to eat this Mark Zuckerberg? He just looks like he tastes bad. He yeah, it's like eating a guana, right? Going back to the old lizard. <laughs> it look. It looks like a small snake. And he just, uh, it looked like a pasty, <laughs> gingered hair snake. See, you're okay with, okay, so you're not okay with eating rich, not because it's bad and unethical and wrong, because it probably would taste weird. <laughs> I can't, I can't think of one attractive, listen to me, listen to me. Okay. Is there one attractive billionaire? You can't think of one. I can't think of one. I'm thinking of like I'm thinking of Elon, Jeff. Um, Jeffrey's China... not a good looker. He's got a lazy eye. Base. Oh, what? That's what I, um, no, that's what I'm saying. And I can't see a, an attractive one amongst them. Like the I 50 reckon, of them. I reckon Elon's got a little thing about him. Maybe it's because I'm I'm blinded by the EV technology and the um, the Mars program. But he's got he's got he's got the face of a crumpet. No, he does. Yeah, yeah, he's got a bit of a crumpet. I, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Oh, um, who owns News Corp? Oh, he's a looker, isn't he? Murdoch, Murdoch. Oh, yeah, the old shriveled prune. 
Yeah. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Donald Trump. Smooth he's still a billionaire. Surely he's out of that, but that tacking. Yeah, I reckon he's probably not doing too well. Um, yeah, you're right. Actually, that's a no, good point. Probably don't no, eat the rich no, because they would probably no taste long, terrible. Yeah, I don't think Trump's in the three commas club. No, I don't think so. He's uh, yeah, down to the millionaires committee. Oh, that's I, sad. Only the uh, the two comma club for him. Sad it is boy. It is. Yeah, that's all right. He'll get back that, up there soon. I'm that's sure what he it. is. Donald Trump is a boy. He's not a man. <laughs> Big boy, tan boy. Anyways. Got the mat- got the maturity of Kevin McAllister. Anyway, back to it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of some other ideas. James, have you got any other ones to, to help reduce climate change? Oh, good one, yes. Hmm. Yeah. Mass. Yeah. Yeah. It... Yeah. That that's thermal mass. And just to kind of clarify on the point that James just made, buildings make up forty percent of all emissions. Just putting buildings up, forty percent of emissions. Concrete is like. I don't remember the exact statistic, but in terms of how much carbon is emitted from a building, from construction to the end of life, it's still a majority of it from the building of it. The concrete is so intense. So just trying to switch to things which are less carbon intensive is a must. We must, we must move down that path. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like buildings with thermal mass, you notice it as well when you walk down streets who don't have trees, right? Walk down a street which is nothing but bricks, concrete, and just like asphalt. Fucking hot really hot you have a tree down there changes it completely and effectively that's what that shading does it's providing ways for absorbing the heat and pushing it away and not getting into the middle it's ideal yeah just building building smarter buildings and like a great one in terms of building your house which is what probably we'll do not really building skyscrapers here boys i mean hey i mean the day is young but um 
if we're building houses, if you're building a house, again, this is the whole high capex, low opex idea. Double glazed windows, shading, um, having shading over the north face of the building so not much light gets in. So you don't need to worry about heating costs, um, using insulated materials for building. Your house would take very little to heat up or cool down, for one, and it wouldn't change temperature much from the outside. So it could stay warm for hours. There are even houses called passive houses which don't have heating, but always, regardless of what temperature it is outside, 22 degrees. All the time. Really smart engineering, right? Nothing. Just pure air circulation, good shading, good material, switched on. Very smart. That is something we can do. Yeah, it costs a bit more, but it's doable. And eventually we're going to all be in houses like that. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to build one of those at one point. Project pitch. But yeah, look, honestly, those are the biggest ones that we can do as individuals. And um, there are a lot more that we can do in terms of collectives, right? As companies, you can sign up for PPA agreements. You can uh, agree not to fund certain ways. As investment, as investors, as people who invest in stock market, we can ensure that we don't invest in technology that gives people more equity to invest in coal, whatever, something like that. I don't know. The point being is, as individuals, this is probably a lot of things that we can do immediately. And that's what I want to do. Keith Rich. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there as well. And this is good good on you for James for actually convincing someone. There's a lot of people out there you're not going to convince. And they're not people you really want to have a conversation with. Because if you need convincing at this point, the train's left, right? What we need to do is not convince people that climate change is happening. It's to figure out how to best suit it. If someone's argue and tell you the sky's purple, that's fine. That's their prerogative. We're here to try and make sure that it doesn't go purple kind of thing. So it's like, we've got to work together on the solution. Let's not waste time with people that just want to argue about 
if the question is actually there. So there's a, there's a lot of things that we can do, but we hope that this podcast has given you a few ideas. Um, yeah, sorry, Patty, that you didn't get much time to chat there. I think James and I were just quite fucking mad <laughs> about a lot of things there. <laughs> it's, it's all good. My one solution would be we we'll, let's introduce a uh, engineer into a cryptocurrency called Daddy Coin. And uh, don't get I don't me know, started. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how good that would be for the environment. However, you know. Uh, right now, cryptocurrencies make up 1% of global emissions and they're going to get worse. So arguably, crypto is not the way to solve climate. Maybe not. My, <laughs> other, my other idea was, you know that episode from The Simpsons where Mr. Burns blocks the sun? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. He, a he, put, he puts it up because his plan is to make more money from uh, nuclear, n- nuclear um, energy. Night all time. And then, then he gets shot and stuff. I have a similar idea. It's not that. It's for like, it's for rain. I call it the rainmaker because we have a lot of water in the ocean. Why don't we pump that and like projectile rain onto cities? I don't know if you know this, but you can't water plants with salt water. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know also, that. But also, the other thing is the the climate cycle already does that. The water is absorbed, goes into the atmosphere, gets rained on. Well, I mean, we gotta make we gotta make it man-made. We, we gotta, gotta make like, it we, faster. We, we, we got <laughs> just we gotta be like the uh, you gotta be like the water benders from Avatar. We have gotta yeah. harness this energy to be like move boom. the fuck out of the way, Mother Nature. You're doing it slow. Let a <laughs> let a real Chad take over. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's like you're like behind an old lady on a uh, on an escalator. It's like get I was like the fuck I was out like, of the way. like just put get out of the way, hun. Like let me do this. Like just pick her up and carry her. Oh my god. Alright, you know what? On that note, let's end it. Uh, (laughs) Leave it on the worst possible note. Alright. So, for those... uh, See you later, everyone. Remember, eat the rich. See ya. No. No, no eating rich. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed the ride of James and I screaming at each other about the climate. Um, I hope you've learned something about climate change. And just as a note, um, Engineering Dads does not support cannibalism, but we do support paying taxes. Alright, see ya.